0: Welcome to NFL Live, presented by Golden Corral. Hey, what a slate for Week 9 we have coming our way in the NFL. Dolphins, Chiefs, They're in Germany. You see everyone talking today. Tua Tungavailoa we'll hear from as well as Mike McDaniel. And then, of course, Cowboys-Eagles NFC East Showdown. Hurts is going to speak. We'll hear from him as well as Nick Sirianni. The Bills and the Bengals. You'll hear from Joe Burrow and Josh Allen. It's all coming your way here today. Welcome. Dan's actually calling that Dolphins-Chiefs game in Germany. You're heading there tonight.
1: Tonight, yep. All right, do you
0: still have a mento in your mouth? Because we're on TV. But anyway, we're going to see if you're going to swallow it or spit it out. Check out TikTok for proof there. And there's Andrew Hawkins. We also have Marcus and Adam Schefter here today as well. Adam, we're going to start with you. The news you broke in the wee hours of the night. Bring us up to speed on the Raiders.
2: Well, Laura, who would have thought that on the NFL's trade deadline day on Halloween that the biggest headlines would be produced by none other than the Raiders owner, Mark Davis. But late last night, he fired head coach Josh McDaniels, who he had given a six-year contract in January of 2022 along with With the general manager Dave Ziegler and I think what happened here was that Mark Davis got tired of watching this football team he grew frustrated with the coaching staff with the front office he spoke to some of the players on the team canvassed their opinions and I think owners sometimes often do that they just don't wind up firing the head coach and general manager on November 1st but there was some chatter out there that this could be in the works A couple of weeks ago that if it continued to go in this direction, they had another bad loss on Monday night to the Detroit Lions, and it almost felt like there were people within the organization who felt this coming all along. And then last night, the text started coming in. You need to look into Josh McDaniels. You need to look into Dave Ziegler. And sure enough, Mark Davis made another coaching change and decided to go with Antonio Pierce. By the way, ESPN's become a breeding ground for interim NFL head coaches with Jeff Saturday and Antonio Pierce and with Champ Kelly as the interim general manager. Wholesale changes on Halloween. Biggest headline of the day. Nobody thought Mark Davis would make it, but it's exactly what he did late last night.
0: Yeah, a lot of Raiders fans would probably say it needed to be made. And, Adam, you caught us up to date on all of that there. More from you coming throughout the show today. The Raiders' offense was pretty good last year in McDaniel's first season, ranking in the top half of the league in points per game, turnovers, yards per game, and total QBR. Different quarterback now. They have also taken a nosedive this year. Okay, Vegas ranks in the bottom three in all four. Four of those categories, including last in QBR. Marcus, you see the numbers, hard to deny those, hard to argue with the firing if you think about it that way. What did you think of this move by the Raiders?
3: First of all, man, Sheffy and Woj, those two alone are a secret society, bro. <laughs> like it is just it is unreal the the way that they get this stuff and break it before anybody else. They're the best the second thing them. is, on, on the Raider situation Hawk, did you just leave the weight room? Coach. What in the world is he happening he and advise, you? bro?
4: Golly, you know I, I see you, big dog. I see
3: <laughs> you on TV. I'm <laughs> no, just, I see you. you I know. see you, big dog. The right, it had to happen. <laughs> it had sur- to run. happen, y'all. It had to happen. I was, I, I've been able to talk to a couple players, some coaches from Las Vegas on the road with Monday night. And look, the, the sentiment was that Josh McDaniels lost his locker room, and I get it because look, this is a recurring theme with Bill Belichick coaching tree, right? But I think these guys get into it and they think that they can build it that way, not recognizing how much has changed um, from what they were probably growing and accustomed to as head coaches. And when you have a team that two years prior were was a playoff team, And Derek Carr is shipped out. Mm -hmm. And Josh McDaniels comes in and he gets this guy Jimmy Garoppolo, which everybody thinks that that marriage is going to be successful. And we see how that has transpired from an offensive standpoint. Devontae Adams, super frustrated. Max Crosby, one of the better football players in the league at his position, and overall, frustrated. Like, these are the type of things that get coaches gone, but he lost the locker room. And once that happens, you usually see the writing on the wall.
1: Yeah, this comes down to three moments for me. Number one, the decision to bench Derek Carr last Mm. year. There there was no evidence to justify that decision other than just don't like him. Two, the fact that they tried to get up in this year's draft to go get – to the rumors and or reports cj stroud and couldn't and then three you overpay for jimmy garoppolo and then jimmy garoppolo's been bad this year mm-hmm. so those three moments for a coach who comes from his track record who has his offensive success record those three moments stick out to me and then the final one the inability to get Devonte adams to football i know there are missed throws mm-hmm. i get all that But there has been an inability to design plays to get them the football. I watch offenses week in and week out get their guys the ball. And Josh McDaniels was incapable of that with the Raiders. And those are the reasons why... For me, at the top of the list, he's no longer the head coach. I, I, I completely agree, and I, and I think this
4: is something we could have predicted. We've seen mm-hmm. Josh McDaniels as a head coach before. We've heard those same reports in other locker rooms yeah. that he's led, and that's not an indictment of him, but what the Raiders had in Coach Rich Basaccia, the way he came in under turmoil, under controversy, right. and was able to keep those players motivated, keep them focused, and get the best out of them, should have been enough for the Raiders to say, hey, okay, maybe we should give this guy a real look because we see – What he does on the job. And the last thing I'll say is this. They hired Josh McDaniels, what, less than two years ago? Yes. Now at this point, whenever these decisions are made this quickly, and I think he's the third head coach in that coaching cycle that's fired, but whenever they're made this quickly, it's exactly for what Marcus says, that the locker room is not motivated. You look at Dan Campbell's first year and a half, And you look at the numbers, they're probably a similar win-loss percentage, but when you watch the players on the field, the way that they are fighting, the way that they're building, that is an indication that you have the right guy and the Raiders did not show that. You
0: know, it's a really good point because I think the other thing I think of here is the fact that Devontae Adams players matter a lot. You saw his frustration. You've got to think that Mark Davis was in a situation where he said, I need to go to my star player and say, I'm going to fix something for you here. And that needed to happen as fast as it did. We'll continue to discuss this here on the show as well as other places. Actually, the Raiders right now are speaking. So if there's something that we want to show you about, we will uh, bring it your way. Let's get back to some more top stories today as we bring Adam back in here. What's the latest on Deshaun Watson's help, Adam.
2: All right, Laura, Deshaun Watson back at practice today in a limited fashion, but the fact that he was limited at all in practicing is an encouraging sign for his availability. Now, the Browns head coach, Kevin Stefanski, said he was not ready to make a decision yet. It's not game day. They don't have to decide. Clearly, they don't want to rush Deshaun Watson any sooner than they have to, but it has to be a good sign that he was back in a limited fashion. Meanwhile, the Giants quarterback Daniel Jones said he expects to be able to play on Sunday for the Giants against the Las Vegas Raiders without Josh McDaniels and with Antonio Pierce as their head coach. He was limited today, but he has been cleared for contact, and it looks like he's tracking to be able to play on Sunday. And the Atlanta Falcons made the latest quarterback change with Arthur Smith, the head coach in Atlanta, announcing that they were turning to Taylor Heineke, the former Washington quarterback who will replace Desmond Ritter as the team's starter, the Falcons will be hosting the Minnesota Vikings on Sunday, who will have their own new quarterback. Rookie Jaron Hall is expected to start, so nobody would have thought in week nine that it would be Jaron Hall versus Taylor Heineke, but here we are. That's what we have on Sunday in Atlanta.
0: Uh, thanks, Adam. Really fast, Dan, I saw something you said on Twitter about the decision to move away from Ritter. I just want a, a quick comment. You, you think it's a little soon? Or well, I was maybe surprised because
1: I would say that of his performance of the last three or four weeks has been really good. Now, the fumbles have become an issue, uh, certainly against Tampa, and he had another one last week versus Tennessee, but he was throwing the football relatively well, and it was getting better and better. So I was a little bit surprised that the move happened now. Um, But I guess Arthur Smith is sitting there thinking Taylor Heineke gives him a little bit more consistency and not Mm. giving the ball away because that defense is so good.
0: Yeah, it matters when you think about that. Okay, to more news, guys. An ESPN investigation of the Cardinals' workplace that included interviews with more than three dozen current and former employees revealed an alleged abusive and intimidating atmosphere, in part due to owner Michael Bidwell's tirades. It comes on the heels of an arbitration complaint filed in April by a former executive that accused Bidwell of gross misconduct Conduct, including discrimination and harassment. Terry McDonough's complaint alleges that he was, quote, aware of two separate instances in which Bidwell reduced to tears two pregnant employees as a result of his abusive and bullying mistreatment, and one instance in which Bidwell berated a black employee in a racially charged manner. Such hostile conduct on the part of Bidwell created an environment of fear for minority employees. In a statement to ESPN, Bidwell said, We have more to do, and that includes my own work to grow and improve as a leader. We'll keep an eye on this story. You can see more on ESPN.com. We're just getting started here on NFL Live, and Jalen Hurst and AJ Brown have the Eagles' offense rolling. Marcus tells us what his Cowboys must do to slow them down on Sunday. Plus, one of our favorite segments is back. It's lost in translation. We're going to try to make sense of things like this.
1: I know what you guys are thinking. I'm bigger in person. You're right.
0: By the way, we could do that segment with just Mike
1: McDaniel sound every single week. Every week. <laughs> so that, was, that was in Germany he said that? Yeah.
4: Yep.
5: Huh. He's hilarious. We love.
1: <laughs> Turn your click up dog.
6: Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be.
0: NFL Live is presented by Golden Corral, the only one for everyone. All right, coming up next, uh, Sunday NFL Countdown this weekend. They've got you covered for week nine. It's week nine already, guys. 10 a.m. Eastern. Scott Van Pelt, the Monday Night Countdown crew. Marcus is part of that. Get you set for Chargers and Jets. A two hour pregame starting at 6 Eastern, both on ESPN and the app.
3: That only made me one way everything we did to give him! Give me everything you got! That's the beat Jalen Hurts.
0: Back goes Hurts. He is firing. Touchdown! Devontae Smith!
3: A.J. Brown!
0: You cannot draw a football better than that. It was perfect.
6: Jalen Hurts this year is on a mission. you
3: want to come out here and dominate! Touchdown! What a throw! And the Eagles have struck! Everybody has an opinion about something, but everybody their opinions don't deposit at the bank. This guy can really play.
0: Hey, Jalen Hurts and the Eagles gearing up for a huge matchup against the Cowboys this week. It's a great week in the NFL. Hurts has owned the NFC East in the last two seasons. His 74 total QBR, the best of any quarterback in divisional play, and he ranks in the top four in touchdown to interception ratio and yards per attempt. Patrick Mahomes, the only quarterback with a better record against his own division. Here's Nick Sirianni and Hurts on improvement this season.
1: We feel like he's been going to the right place with football, uh, making accurate throws, um, big time throws and clutch moments. He has a very unique uh, way of just trying to get better every single day, He really lives that out. Time has changed, but mentality hasn't. And so, the more you experience, um, you'd hope the
4: the better you work, uh, the better you grow, or the further you go with the work that you put in. Numbers and all of that, based off of uh, our success or whatever it is, it's, it's just about winning.
0: Jalen, laser-focused. Marcus, as the Eagles' (laughs) offense keeps getting better, how can the Cowboys' defense slow them down on Sunday?
3: I think you got to go in. When you play Philly, you got to decide what we're going to try to take away from them and make them beat you and try to turn them into one-dimensional. This has been the Cowboys' defense Achilles' heel this year. In their two losses, they've given up an average of 196 rushing, y'all. Yeah, that's right, 196. So when you think about – and who hasn't been running the ball at the rate that they were able to last year. But I'm sure they are looking at these same stats that we're looking at and understanding that this is the way you take care of the Dallas defense and keep them out of what they love to do in favorable situations on third and long and trying to create things with Dan Quinn and Michael Parsons working either in the center of the line of scrimmage or from the outside. So. I think this is a big deal for Dallas as much as they've had success throwing the ball in Philly, you got to take this run game away and put it in the uh pass rusher's hands if you did uh Dallas defense.
1: Yeah, and it's a different offense than they've had to stop in Philly ever since Jalen became the starter because they haven't done the quarterback run in Philadelphia just as much. So it's way more of an RPO-centric offense to get the ball out of his hands a little quicker and some of that run game. This is their 2 by 2 RPO where he's reading that boundary safety. Imagine this is a Cowboys drop-down safety. Am I going to pull it or not? And he does, and he replaces with A.J. Brown. That's easy for them in their offense. Another 2 by 2 set where he's reading that edge defender. If he collapses, he's going to pull it, and then he's got little just – Flat routes or spot routes. Marcus, this is like their quick game, Hawk, and you know this. Mm-hmm. Yep. We've seen this against Dallas. Now, the reason why I think you got to try and stop it is they want to try to get Micah in these one-on-one situations. Last week, it was against the Rams center. They were trying to line him up over there. I do not expect that to be the case in Philadelphia because of Jason Kelsey, and they want to play their man coverage. On the back end, when they do that, and they get Mike in those one-on-ones, and they're playing that tight man coverage, they get all those defensive line games going. It's hard on the offensive line. It's hard on the quarterback. It's hard on the receivers to separate. So it's going to me come down to, in many ways, like how Dallas prepares to stop this RPO game. Is it going to? And the thing is, for me, Marcus, is it's a different RPO game this year as well. And guys, last year it was it was mainly zone. It was mainly two by two. This Sanders, year it's yeah, yeah, yeah. it's gap. They're pulling tackles with it. Yeah. They're doing it out of three by one formation. So I think that's gonna be interesting how Dan Quinn decides to defend that, because if he can, then it'll be where Michael lines up on his pass yeah. rush situations. Yeah, the other
4: thing I wanna I want Dan Quinn to do is I want him to take away
1: AJ Brown. I know that sounds good luck. way
4: <laughs> easier said than done, for sure. Because one on one You can't stop him, but he needs to be a focal point for the defense for a lot of reasons because he is a security blanket for Jalen Hurts. Eight targets last week, eight catches. He's on this incredible tear of 125-yard game. If I'm the Dallas Cowboys defense, I am making somebody else beat us. Make Goddard beat you. Make Devontae Smith beat you. He did have a good game last week, but A.J. Brown is the kind of player that one-on-one, you cannot stop him. And I I was talking about this with the producers in the pre-show. When you line him up against the other top receivers in the league, Tyreek, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, um, Michael Evans, Devontae Adams, like the reason why he is so special is because all those players have a thing that maybe aren't the the, the most beneficial attribute. Tyreek Hill's not the biggest. Justin Jefferson isn't, you know, this big physical prime receiver. A.J. Brown is all of those things. He is fast. Hmm. He is quick. He doesn't have a physical flaw. There's Hmm. nothing... about his game that you're like, oh, he doesn't do this thing great. So one-on-one is almost impossible. Take a chance, put two guys on him, um, center him in your game plan and make somebody else win the football game for the Eagles.
0: A.J. Brown has 939 receiving yards this year. He needs just 61 on Sunday. I think he might get that to be the first Eagles receiver ever to reach 1,000 yards in his first nine games of the season. It's fun to watch uh, if you're an Eagles fan. <laughs> Till to come, it's wideout Out Wednesday. Dan and market. Hawk head to the touch screen. They're going to talk about vintage DeAndre Hopkins, the performance we saw on Sunday against the Falcons. They'll tell you all about it. That and so much more coming your way here on NFL Live.
1: You can't say vintage. He wants present.
0: Oh, okay, no more vintage. You're watching NFL Live presented by Golden
1: Corral. <laughs> Top one crusher. Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com.
0: Next week, it's Monday Night Football at MetLife Stadium as Justin Herbert and the Chargers take on Zach Wilson and the Jets. 8 Eastern on ABC, ESPN, and ESPN Deportes with Peyton and Eli once again on ESPN2.
1: It's Wide Out Wednesday! Dan and Hawk, take it away. When does he know it's time to get inside? Game plan within the
4: game plan. Don't do what's on the paper. Do what you know. We call it a Squirrel. Squirrel, we squirrel. Call, I want to work backwards here. I am licking my chops because it's time to eat. This is why he's such a smart football player. This is
1: the fastest feet. I'm ha, ha, ha. ha!
4: If I tried that now, I would tear everything. You have my permission to slap him to sleep. Six six worth of Connecticut swag. Whoa.
0: Whoa!
4: Yes, that Let's
1: was get dope. it. That was dope. Wideout Wednesday That's when the high five went away. That was the last high five we actually had together. Yeah. Okay, I'm sure DeAndre Hopkins wants Will Levis to be the starting quarterback for the future for the Tennessee Titans, mainly because it was just shot after shot after shot. Mm-hmm. We saw the deep ball because of Will Levis' arm strength. And this stutter go route, double move against Atlanta is a thing of beauty, and it's one of the reasons why There's so much hope for this connection in Tennessee moving forward. Okay, let's start Hop. Let's start Hawk with Hop down in the slot.
4: All right, so Hop in the slot. First thing is alignment, right? Number one, you got to be on inside the numbers because the alignment that we're giving you is we're trying to convince the defense that he is running a 10 to 12 yard in cut, which we call a basic in the West Coast offense. That's number one, alignment. Number two is we have to know what the coverage is, Dan. What's the coverage here? This
1: looks like they're going to play a cover two version up top in a cover quarters or what we call catch technique at the bottom. So cover two, meaning that they have a zone defense up top. You're a half field safety, you're a Mm -hmm. flat corner. And it's really these two defenders down here are reading these routes. That cover two corner could bail. If it's too vertical, he could drop down and cover the flat. And that safety, it seems, really has vision on what is going to be DeAndre Hopkins' route. Absolutely. So we're about second and 10
4: here. So now I know what the coverage is. And who I'm running the route against which is this safety and so I'm giving him everything that feels like a 10 to 12 yard end cut. Now go to the ISO and I will tell you how you do that in detail. Now this safety is keying on DeAndre Hopkins and waiting for this in cut so you have to give him everything to make his convictions feel real and DeAndre does that by you'll see here in the ISO full speed and at five yards watch what he does here. You see the the, the, the slight subtle raise up there Dan? DeAndre Hopkins is one of the best route runners in the league. If he was actually running an in-cut, he
1: would not do that. That's okay, bad so Question, question. You're saying that DeAndre goes from that running posture yep. to raising up on purpose. Why?
4: It's a turn signal.
1: I want to give him the indication
4: that I am slowing and preparing myself to come to a stop. Right? So if you keep playing it, he rises up and then pause it right when he gives a head look inside. I would. All right. Well, what happens here <laughs> is he gives a head look inside after he raises up here. And that is again the last indicator for that safety to see that this is going to be a 10 to 12 yard in cut. He sits, he bites, DeAndre Hopkins takes off. All
1: right, let's make this work. So you're going to be hop on the safety. I'm hop here.
4: I'm driving, I'm rising up. On purpose to get me to things. And then I'm putting my head inside here. Once I get you there, I'm taking off. And at the takeoff, the important thing that DeAndre Hopkins did, and we've talked about this so many times with receivers coming out of their breaks, He digs for five steps without looking for the football. Okay. Create that separation. And when he does look back, Dan, I'd see if you're paying attention in Wide Out Wednesday. Yeah. Where does he look, Dan? He wants to look up for the ball because
1: it's a shot play. It's not coming flat from the quarterback. My man. That's what it is. Way to make it Learning. work, bro. Way to make it work.
0: I liked Hawk as Hop and Dan as a safety. You know a thing or two about a safety. I'm so it worked like out enough. really Milk well. Check. I mean, like, seriously? <laughs> <laughs> hey,
1: listen. No,
0: new on NFL Live, we told you the Raiders were speaking right now. Antonio. Pierce, the interim head coach, had this to say about the quarterback situation.
3: On the quarterback position, forward, it'll be Aiden going for it. Why? We just feel like this is the best chance.
4: What was the reaction like in the locker room when you made that announcement? Very supportive. Yeah,
7: the guys are rallying behind him. They're excited to watch him, you know, get his opportunity. Like I was there as AP was speaking to the to the team, and you know he had their eyes. There was an energy that was that was you know tangible um, in the room. There was a true excitement, um, and and guys are geared up to 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 prepare for this weekend.
0: All right, so let's start with the Aiden O'Connell piece of this, Dan. Jimmy Garoppolo no longer the starter there. What does this mean going forward for the Raiders?
1: Well, I think, number one, I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo plays again for the Raiders just because the contract situation. I think some of his money is guaranteed for injury next year. Number two, there's no way that they make this move to Aiden O'Connell unless they went to Devontae Adams like, is this good with you? Is, mm-hmm. is this something that you approve of? So. It's a great opportunity for Aiden O'Connell. I think the challenge is this. Like, we're just being bluntly honest here. Okay, if Antonio Pierce does an incredible job and does what Rich Basaccia did a couple years ago, hopefully he gets a chance to be the head coach in the future. We'll see if Mark Davis does that because he didn't do it last time. Who's the quarterback of the future? Like, that's. Aiden O'Connell's got a great chance to do it, but who's going to be the quarterback of the future? Devontae Adams is going to be 31 years old. Okay. Chip Kelly, the new general manager, the acting general manager, comes from Chicago and previously to Denver. He's never been in a place that drafted a young quarterback and was part of an organization that developed one. So, like, who you have to start right now thinking, who's going to be the head coach if this doesn't go perfectly? You, and then who's going to be the quarterback yeah. if this doesn't go perfectly for Aiden O'Connell? More importantly than like, hey, we got to get o- Aiden O'Connell ready to play a football game. Right,
0: yeah. and you said Chicago made me think of Justin Fields, but anyway, all right, go ahead.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I was going to say,
4: if I'm being honest and you asked me who's the better quarterback, Aiden O'Connell or Jimmy Garoppolo, Jimmy Garoppolo yeah. is the better quarterback. That, that's There's no way around that, but to your point, Dan, where is the the advantageous avenue to have Garoppolo as your QB in this situation, right? right? Like, where is the clear path to getting your guy? And it absolutely feels like there was a conversation had with Devontae Adams, especially at the back of Shefty's comments. There's no way in hell we're trading Devontae Adams. You don't make that declaration without a conversation to say, hey, give us a chance. Mm -hmm. We're going to make sure we make this right. That starts with the head coach, and then it's also a move at the quarterback position.
3: Bro, listening to y'all, I can't help but think the malpractice that took place. Yeah. By letting Derek Carr walk out of that building, mm-hmm. bro, like it is unbelievable that we are here today, and we were all at the pro. Well, me, you, and um, me, Dan, and Boogie Hawk was at the Pro Bowl when Derek Carr was there playing in the Pro Bowl in Vegas, and you could tell Derek Carr did not want to leave the Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah. And now yeah. we sit here today with all of these things transpiring. It's something that the interim gen- general manager said that caught my attention, y'all it was a it was a it was a feeling and he and Antonio Pierce had those guys eyes and it was tangible that is a direct reflection of what was not happening mm, sure. in that meeting room and with that team when Josh McDaniels was at the helm i'm sure these guys will play better we've seen what happens when interim coaches come in yep. especially interim coaches that the players actually root for Um, As much success as I'm hoping for AP, and he really has a shot at getting his job, the thing that I want Mark Davis to understand is that is what you should do when you're talking about hiring a new coach. You should go to some of the pillars on that football team and talk about what type of guys would you guys like to have leading the charge and getting us to where we need to be. And, D.O., to your point with the quarterback, man, it's a hard, sticky situation to find one, but Derek Carr was in that building, and these people decided to go with Jimmy Garoppolo.
0: Yeah. um, Okay, this is kind of interesting. Before I get Adam in here, ESPN's Football Power Index has the Raiders as the fifth worst team in the NFL as of right now. And the reason why we bring that up is we're kind of trying to figure out where they'd be projected to draft if they were going to draft a quarterback so they've actually won too many games so far to be as low as they might want to be or with a chance to get a really high draft pick currently they have a projected draft slot of 8.4 that's eighth lowest in the NFL you ain't getting one could, of the guys right but it nope. could change but sure. I mean still that you'd like them to be a little bit lower than that in, in a weird way let's get Adam in here with more on Aiden O'Connell and the Raiders situation right now
2: Well, a few things to address from your conversation there. Number one, they did this with Derek Carr last year where they tried to save the money. And for Jimmy Garoppolo, you're talking about risking $22.5 million in guaranteed money if he's out there again and if he gets injured. So they want to try to avoid having to pay that. That's number one. Number two, they did try to trade up in the draft last year, and they tried to trade up to get Bryce Young at number one. And the Carolina Panthers essentially made a stronger, bolder move, including D.J. Moore in that deal in the end. And so the Panthers, not the Raiders, got the number one pick, despite the fact that the Raiders did try to move up to get Bryce Young in the draft. And now, going forward, it will be Aiden O'Connell. And they want to get a look at him. He flashed during the preseason. He looked impressive. And whenever you get a change like this, keep in mind that Josh McDaniels from New England and Dave Ziegler from New England they brought in some players from New England that they had experiences with, like Jimmy Garoppolo. Antonio Pierce, Jam Kelly, they're not tied to Jimmy Garoppolo. They don't have anything invested in it. In fact, they're looking out for the long-term future of this team. So they're going to do what they think is best, and it's time to get a look at the rookie. And maybe Aiden O'Connell looks, in the regular season, as good as he looked in the preseason when his play was stellar. Let's see if that happens. If it doesn't, well, then maybe they're back in the draft conversation again Or maybe there's another veteran out there that they try to trade for. That's a conversation for down the line. For now, it's time to save the money on Jimmy Garoppolo, put him on the bench, make sure he doesn't play again, and take a look to see what they have in Aiden O'Connell.
0: A wild illustration of the business that is the NFL and all of its Mm. inner workings Well said by you, Adam. We've got more coming your way here on NFL Live as we continue to follow that story. But how about Joe Burrow and the Bengals? Their offense hitting their stride at the right time. But hear why Marcus says the Bills' only chance at slowing them down depends on the availability of one of their best players. We'll explain. It's all next right here on ESPN. Try to understand.
1: Try to understand.
6: This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. better because it has to be
0: welcome back to nfl live presented by golden corral hey it's time for lost in translation we're going to give the guys a soundbite, have them tell us what the person's really trying to say up first Dak prescott was asked about poking the bear as they face the eagles this week
5: jerry did say he didn't want to talk about the eagles because he's learned his lesson so he didn't want to poke the bear he didn't want to poke the bear is what he said <laughs> well, Pour
2: honey on me. I always say that, you know. You see me in a bear in a fight. Pour honey on me. So, he can poke it. It's part of it. It's part of the National Football League. Whether we talk or not, we know what's ahead of us. Uh, great opponent. Excited for it.
1: You guys are. You remember that movie Heavyweights with Ben Stiller?
4: One of my favorite.
1: Oh, that, all I think about when I hear Dak say that is when they pinned the, the council up against the tree and poured <laughs> honey on them when they were taken over to campus. Hans. Because Hans. Hans. Oh my gosh, Hawk, what a pull. You know what? I'd also say that. I'd also say this, Hawk, you ever seen people, I mean, I think this is a cultural thing. Like, you don't see, you know, pe- people like me are the people uh-huh. who are wrestling bears.
4: Wrestling bears. Yeah yeah, nah, I'm not. Exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's stupid. Too smart. Big,
1: Zach, Lee. I don't, I don't oh. like to flirt
4: with death. That's, that's you. <laughs> that's what y'all do. Oh,
0: you're just too smart. Uh, next up, Girl, after the Dolphins. You know what? Let's go fight this bear. Yeah, come on now. <laughs> the Dolphins win on Sunday. Mike McDaniel came to the podium, had an unexpected challenge.
1: Patience. See. Every time, you guys. Yes, I'm short. So we do the same
5: thing.
4: He did. Then who moved it back up?
5: Good Good.
4: He's not that tall. You know what? I I, I feel I think- you, Mike. The, the, what he's trying to say Damn is, Hawk. in what world is the, the the microphone default level not at Mike McDaniel level? <laughs> what I mean, am, am, am I am I not the face of this franchise? Am I not him? Huh? <laughs> Have I not gone from ball boy to boy at ball? From now on, every mic is at mic level. The temperature in the room is at a perfect seventy three degrees, Ooh, and degrees. I only want red M and M's. In the locker room by my locker from now on. You
0: like it 73? 73. It's a little bit hot.
4: A, not a degree <laughs> over, not a degree under, or I'm flipping
1: decks. We have hard. to cover Marcus's body with deodorant if it's at 73.
0: I mean, he doesn't stink. He might sweat, but he's not stanky like that.
3: I'm going to be funky. I'm going to be funky, <laughs> Dio.
6: <laughs>
0: okay, um, finally, we had to go to the college ranks for an old favorite. Coach <laughs> Bibb from Charlotte with an honest assessment of his team's performance Saturday.
6: It's very frustrating, you know. When we when we don't hurt ourselves, we have a decent football team. When we hurt ourselves, we 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 we're, we're like watching sausage being made. It's just a horrifying experience.
3: <laughs> Hello, uh, well, first of all, I love that damn Biff, man. I gotta meet Biff. We gotta bring Biff to NFL Live or something. Come on, um, man. Biff, 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 is saying, man, it, it, it just don't look good when you are making sausage. First of all, let me give let me tell our producers something right now. To hell with you. You give, you give, you give Hawk a short uh video do do and you Marcus. give me a sausage getting made video. And you guys don't know how you set me up to talk <laughs> about sausage being made. I'm not gonna fall into it. It's not to right. To hell with y'all, man. It's not right. And the other I option they Biff. gave me, Marcus, was also a
4: short reference.
1: Oh, bro, I'm telling you, bro.
4: You it's, know, Hawk, it's, it's, that, it's fool with that me. That's
1: probably you know what? It is. what it is. It's with you. That's God punishing you for all those times you try to make fun of my play. That's what.
0: It that's is. What I mean, it is. It, <laughs> is. it is.
3: You know it what? Is. I actually <laughs> think.
0: <laughs> I actually did it today. Hawk still hadn't really done it yet. No, Babe, I, he's I, waiting for his time. I got
3: respect for Do. I'm not going. I'm not going that low. Dude, I'm going to be sweating in that 73 degrees. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to be funky. Funky.
0: They're fresh out the gym. That's Dr. funky Squatch. with an O.
4: <laughs> and Lars, not Hans. It was Lars.
0: Oh, Lars. Oh, do man. It, do it to ah. it, Lars. Hey, Dan's going to Germany. Those, all right. Anyway, all right. So, big oh. game in Cincinnati. Uh, the Bills, visit the <laughs> Bengals Sunday. Uh. After a very rough start to the season where the Bengals went 1-3, and three, Joe Burrow has been fantastic. He ranks in the top six in completion percentage. Mm-hmm. Total QBR. Touchdown mm-hmm. to interception ratio since week five. The Bengals 3-0 since he got hot. It's been fun to watch. We all kind of felt this way once the calf got a little bit healthier. Mm-hmm. Feels like it is. He says he's 100%. How does Burrow's mobility change the Bengals offense?
4: It, it, it gives him a full toolbox, mm-hmm. right? Joe Burrow is special in so many facets of the game. When he's hurt, they had to change the offense to get him in the shotgun, getting the ball out of his hands quick. Well, now in this last game, 26% under center, 8% in the previous seven games. A lot more play action. He's getting outside the pocket. If there's nothing downfield, the he's taking off running. And the thing that I love most about what Joe Burrow did last week, when you watch him in the pocket and that thing is collapsing, Yeah. I'm talking about poised is an understatement. If you yeah. took off every other person on the field, you wouldn't even realize that there were people chasing him. Mm. And that kind of pocket presence is what the very, very special quarterbacks have. And when he was hurt, he was getting rid of it a lot quicker. And yeah. that's a scary Joe Burrow.
3: To your point, Hawk, that confidence built for him too, man. Mm-hmm. Like we know Joe to be that way. Um I'm 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 really focused on when you think about the Buffalo Bills and all of that has happened with their injuries, and I know they signed Rasul Douglas. Mm. Where is Vaughn? Like what's going on with Von Miller? These are the games that he's in Buffalo for, y'all. So this defensive line as a whole, I think, is the unit that's going to have to take care of the rest of this defense as you go throughout this game. We know Joe is going to sit back. We know he's going to try to find Chase. We know he's going to try to find Boyd, T. Higgins. This defensive line for Buffalo is who we saw dominate Miami when they were playing against that Miami Mm. team that was coming off of a 70-point win. But I also want to see if Von Miller is going to get more percentage of these snaps and between Ed Oliver, Epineza, Greg Russo, and obviously Vaughn Miller, that's the unit that is going to have to win this game if Buffalo is going to have a chance.
0: Yeah, Vaughn, coming off the injury, I think it's important to note, we did show the percentage of snaps in the games. It's, it's yeah. kind of slightly Spr- risen every single week, yeah. but – you wonder if he's still kind of fighting that injury go ahead uh,
1: to your point i think joe's the kind of one of the examples of there's two different kind of quarterbacks when it comes to their legs it's the escapers and it's the creators mm-hmm. joe's an escaper can constantly get himself out of bad stuff and i think we finally saw that this season i, I for this game i want to see how each defense handles the other team's 11 personnel, one back, one tight end. These are two of the better teams, certainly quarterback-wise, when it comes to that 11 personnel operation. We finally got to see last week with Cincinnati the what we've seen for the last two or three years with it. And because of the Dawson Knox injury in Buffalo, they majored in it last Thursday night, and I expect them to again this week. And I, I think the two interesting par- parts for me is Cincinnati defensively does such a great job with Louie and Aruma, their defensive coordinator of like being game plan specific. I would expect a game plan that matches what they did against Kansas City two years ago in the AFC title game. You'll see three man rush, eight guys dropping. We will see two yeah. man rush, nine guys dropping. Force Josh, patience. And I think for Buffalo defensively, do they go with those three safeties again? Will they put five guys at the line of scrimmage to try to slow down a little bit of a an undervalued run game in Cincinnati with Mixon.
0: Man, pass rush for Buffalo so important this season. It applies to a lot of teams, but when the Bills get 10 or more quarterback pressures this year, they're four and one. When they have fewer, they're one and two. Significant difference there. We'll see if that matters. Stay away from game. us. Ah! Okay, next, the Chiefs and the Dolphins face off in Germany on Sunday. Dan's on the game. He's gonna give us a lot of insight. here why these guys a little concerned about the Chiefs offense, not something you hear every day. NFL Live is presented by Golden Corral, the only one for everyone. NFL Live is presented by Golden Corral, the only one for everyone. Let's talk about one of the games of the week. This is a whole lot of fun. The Chiefs and Dolphins facing off Sunday morning, 930 Eastern, set your alarms. One of the best games of the year in Germany. Just so happens to be over there. Look at them getting ready to go. Frankfurt Stadium going to be in for a real treat with these two offenses in play. Here's Tua Tungabailoa and Mike McDaniel on their experiences so far in Germany.
4: How has the experience been in, in Frankfurt so far for you? It's been pretty cool. Um, we we've been able to go check the city out um been able to to go to maybe two places to to get um you know some some drinks and then also uh, try some food um but for the most part it's been pretty cool i got to go golf with a couple guys as well
1: i slept and then i woke up and then i watched film and that's that's been my experience um i made it down to the first floor of the uh The hotel twice, both for meetings. Oh man. Sounds
0: like my regular dad. Yeah, right? Uh, We know a few people who are (laughs) like that. I, I hope Jeff Darlington's having more of the Tua experience in Germany as Jeff joins us now. What can you add, Jeff, on the Dolphins' preparation for this big matchup?
7: Well, Laura, the Dolphins have arrived in Frankfurt, Germany, and actually they've arrived much healthier than they've been really all season long. Star cornerback, Xavier Howard said today that he does anticipate he's going to play in Sunday's game after missing the last two games, dealing with a groin injury. And that means that Howard will be on the field opposite Jalen Ramsey for the first time since the Dolphins signed Ramsey this offseason. Howard said him and Ramsey have been talking about this since before Ramsey really even joined the team. So they're thrilled about that. And they'll also have safety Javon Holland who cleared concussion protocol. So really a fully intact secondary as as they go up against Patrick Mahomes. One other added note on the other side of the ball left tackle Teron Armstead did make the trip to Frankfurt. Mike McDaniel said they're going to try to work him out throughout the week to see if in fact he can be activated in time to also play in Sunday's game.
0: Thanks Jeff. A 6 hour time difference, I believe we we realized. So, it's you late look there.
3: Pretty hot there.
0: I know it is. It's nice. All right, Hawk, the Dolphins defense only seems to be getting better. So, what does this Chiefs offense need to do on the other side in this one?
4: Man, they got to get some development and some 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 production out of the wide receiver position on the outside mm. specifically. When you watch Patrick Mahomes, we've talked about this all week of his struggles, the turnovers, He is playing football like a quarterback who doesn't have trust in his other weapons. Everything in this offense runs through Travis Kelsey. That we know. That's how it's always been. But this is even something different. This is, again, a quarterback who is throwing to the receivers on the outside when he has to versus looking for the opportunities to spread it out. And I can't blame him because the wide receivers have not played to the level of expectation that they're used to in Kansas City. And that started in week one when we watched them against the Lions. And it has continued all the way to where we are now. So they have to figure that out. Otherwise, it's going to be tough to turn this around.
1: Remember after the game week one, we sat on the show and we talked about the drops, and it was going to go one of two ways. Patrick was either going to say it's week one, keep throwing the ball, and it'll correct itself, or he will slowly stop looking at those receivers, slowly start trusting them less and less and less. Mm-hmm. And I do think we saw a little bit of that last week. There were some plays last week, and I don't want to overreact last week. I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to. I think they just play disinterested football as a team. They have one of these games a year. But there were some clips where you go, that Patrick usually lets that one go, or Patrick yep. usually lets that one go. And I think the guy that we're seeing on the screen right there, Rasheed Rice, has to be the guy. I do believe, Hawk, like, he has immense trust in Travis, obviously. I think he trusts Noah Gray. I think he trusts MVS, Marquez valdez scantling but I do think it's Rashid. Like, Rashid Rice is one of those guys that when he gets the ball in his hands, you're like, oh, that looks yeah. the part. But mm-hmm. he's got to get to a point where the doubt of what I do with this football could be bad comes out of Patrick's mm-hmm. head if it's mm-hmm. there, you know? And yeah. I think Miko's been there. There's Tony's. Rashid Rice has got to be that guy that Patrick gets to that point where he has unwavering trust and confidence yep. in.
3: Yep. For me, it's Pacheco, y'all. Like, I, I was watching the game last week, and I get a deal. You, you, you did make a great point about how disinterested they were. But eight touches, man, eight touches yeah. for Isaiah Pacheco compared to 27 for Javante Williams and the Denver Broncos. And that game was never out of hand. That surprised me about Andy Reid as much as they were struggling in the passing game. We talked about it earlier in the week of how long Pat was holding the ball. Now. I know some of that leans into what Hawk was saying about the trust and maybe wanting to see these guys fully uncovered before he lets the ball go. Some of it is the fact that they are dropping passes. But Pacheco, to me, is the second best offensive weapon on this team right now after Travis Kelsey. And the fact that they didn't use him the way that the way that we've seen them do at times when they couldn't get the passing game going and knowing that this offensive line leans into this run game a little bit with those guys up front. It just surprised me that they didn't use him as much in Denver. That's going to have to change as well, fellas. Yeah, it
0: can't be disinterested in this game yeah. on either side. I don't think they will be. It's a great matchup. Time for one more thing before we go. Yesterday, Dan named Terrell Suggs as the huh. scariest player he's he ever faced. Here's Suggs on Dan today.
3: That's funny, man. It's like quarterback ain't Gary. Uh, he's a sweetheart, man. I, I don't. I wouldn't rank. I wouldn't rank Dan very high. You know, I'm a big fan of his show too. Uh, uh, he's a sweetheart, man. I can't. I can't. I can't give him a ranking. <laughs> he's probably in the low one percent of scariness. Dang I mean man. I mean okay,
0: so the sweetheart thing was enough Fizzle, of a the dagger. Let's not but then get the, away. 1%, you, the low one percent below. I'm actually excited
1: he knew my name, so <laughs> I'm good.
4: Like, <laughs> he didn't know you. He remembered you. A lot of unnecessary <laughs> comments, so I would say I'm good. Have fun in Germany, ah, Dan. You. Dan. We'll Sweet- see you